0: You've survived the worst, trauma, loss, rejection. The reality is your pain can be a crutch or it can be the thing that launches you. You're listening to the Purpose Through Pain podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you experience true freedom and breakthrough. Tune in each week as guests share their incredible life lessons from their personal stories and hear from experts who can give you the tools you need to stop surviving and start thriving. Here to help you find purpose through your pain is your host, Joseph James. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another great show of Purpose Through Pain podcast. I am your host, Joseph James, and we have a really great entrepreneur, Adriana Calden, today. She is a former corporate American executive turned four-time entrepreneur who founded, leads a successful social media marketing agency while all while battling nine chronic diseases, everything from feeding tubes to long hospital stays, 27 different procedures in the last past five years of her life. Overall though, her message is helping people go from surviving to thriving in a life despite adversity and circumstances. Adriana, thank you so much and welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Joseph. It's my pleasure to be here. I'm excited to join.
0: Absolutely. So this isn't something you run across every day where somebody is successful, not just with, you know, one entrepreneur or one business. Okay. And, and learning how to get through life, but you've done it multiple times all while fighting for your life.
1: Yeah, I have. Um, and it's gotten, the diseases have gotten more progressive over time. So it's gotten a little more difficult, I would say. Um, and, and, it seems like I get a new disease every six to twelve months. <laughs> I just can't kind of win with that. <laughs> but um, it's really about how you find your way through the adversity that comes your way. Yeah.
0: So, how do you go about doing that? I mean, that's that's. It's easy to say, hey, just yeah. hey, just yeah. find your way. You know, you'll, you'll eventually find your way. We all want to encourage people, right? We we don't ever want to be Debbie Downers when people are going through this, and you're like oh, you're gonna make it through. And I just wanna ask is, well, how do I go about doing that?
1: Yes, that's such a great question. Yeah, Um, a couple of things. So first, I have an amazing support system. Uh, In the last five years as I've been battling chronic pancreatic disease, I also happened to meet, fall in love with, and marry my best friend. And so uh, there's some joy in that. He is definitely a huge support system. And I have a very close family that helps quite a bit. Um, so first of all, you need a support system, whether it's friends, family, spouse, siblings. You definitely need a support system. Second would be uh, my health drives everything I do, simply because that's how my body is. So I schedule my day with most things I need to get done earlier in the day because I'm really good in the morning, um, and then. I kind of have a South, I am South American, but I have a South American style. I kind of siesta from about 2.30 or 3 till around 7.30. And then I get back online, make sure everything's wrapped up for the day. And then I'm an oldie smoldie. I'm in bed by nine. <laughs> um, because ironically, even I take about 50 medications a day. And even with those medications helping me, Uh, It's just a lot for one body to fight everything I have going on. Um, In particular, it's very difficult to eat. I have an extremely limited diet and probably only get 800 calories a day, which isn't a lot to run on. So I just have to be really careful of my schedule. And then I have to give myself grace. You know, some days I can't get out of bed and so I have to reschedule my day and other days i'm just full of energy and so i can go for 9 hours straight and feel great so you just have to kind of give yourself grace on the days that are not working really well and celebrate the days that are working really well
0: absolutely absolutely how have you how have you been able to manage the support system in terms of you know where the thing about a support system and as you know you said you're happily married you know finding the love of your life you're marrying your best friend you know when we're going through things in life everybody can carry the emotion for us for only a certain period of time because they have their own life how has that been an emotional how have you been able to figure out to get through the emotional battle where you need the help but there's got to be times that you haven't had it because people have their own stuff they're going through.
1: Yeah. So I think it also talks, also talking about the mental battle. Um, Like you mentioned, I was a corporate America executive. I was very used to having a cushy office and a big title and all the things that come with that, you know, financially and in my life. Um, And losing that did quite a number on me mentally. So while I was battling all these physical diseases, um, I was losing part of my identity. That was a huge part for me. And I was not dealing with it really well.
0: (laughs) I, I, I only smile. And I know the listeners can't see that. I only chuckle when she said about identity because I just literally finished and it will launch tomorrow. My episode about your identity. And talking about how we can associate things like that corporate america yeah. our passions doctors do it students do it that as our identity okay and for me my identity comes in in my belief in god you know because mm-hmm. i'm a creator you yeah. know yeah. and because when i start to associate my identity with physical things it's like it almost gets taken away from me and it's kind of almost like mm-hmm. God saying no son your identity is not in that because that can Mm -hmm. be taken away at any time.
1: Yeah, that's such a good point. I mean, I just, I had so much wrapped up in my career and never thought it would be taken from me and still have visions of like sitting in the office the last day I was in a corporate environment um, and knowing that my life was never gonna be the same. That doesn't mean it's worse. I think it's better, but it's definitely different. Um, You know, I've seen these executives I've been peers with kind of move on to all of these amazing positions. And so sometimes I get envy of that. But ironically, um, what I have found is that balancing that mental health is really just as important as my physical health. So when that started happening, I got a therapist, talked to my therapist about it. I also went on some anti-anxiety medication. Um, which has been hugely helpful. And then I really leaned into meditation. And so before I tried meditation and my mind was just racing, going everywhere. And this time I t- I tried it really with an intention of turning inward. And I probably meditate at least once a day, if not more than once a day, a couple times a day. And so sometimes it's only for 10 minutes. Sometimes it's for an hour. Sometimes it's for five minutes. But I really find that centering myself helps me, to your point, kind of see my identity outside of the things that I have in my life or the roles that I have in my life. It allows me to really see me as the identity.
0: Yeah, that's good. That's good. How has, since we're on that subject, and I know we've kind of made a little little turn. Yeah. How can you give, what what advice can you give people that are struggling with the identity on how to find it? Because we've all been in that position of, for you, it was the corporate America. I remember, for me, it was a couple different things. It was my life in the Marine Corps. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, I, I I got out. I felt that I was supposed to get out. And I'm like, I was going to do this for 20 years and only did it for four. Yeah, now what? You know, now what? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I even remember having a job. This is when the black titanium American Express cards came out. And you could pretty much buy a house with the thing at any time. And I have a hard time getting rid of the job or letting go of the job because of the card. <laughs> Because even though it wasn't my money, it definitely wasn't my money, I could pretty much spend it on anything. But that also became an egotistical thing for me. It's like, you know, I could walk into a a, a store that has $600 suits in it or $1,000 suits or $1,500 suits. And I can walk in there in street clothes and get the look like, you can't afford this stuff. I'm like, yeah, you have no idea. Right. Even though I would never buy it, you know? But how do you, how does somebody from your standpoint, How does somebody find the identity or make the change from something physical and tangible identity to something now I've I've got to shift my focus on my life, who I am as an individual is really my identity, not a job that I'm working or not a profession that I'm doing?
1: Yeah, I think for me, a couple of things, like I mentioned, meditation really helped because it allowed me to turn inward. And the support from my husband was essential. He very much said you just have to focus on you. You don't need to work. You don't need to do anything but focus on you. And ironically, I do need to work for me to feel good. um, But the pressure not being there really freed me up to do the things I love. And the other thing is, I think those around you really know you well. You know, your closest friends and family know you really well. So talking to them about how they see you in their eyes is really helpful and Not once did anyone tell me they saw me as a sick person. They always said, I, you know, they always saw me as just kind of who I was. So I have this little sticky note. I actually have four sticky notes on my mirror in my bathroom. And one says, I'm 100% healthy. So I just do affirmations and I do these particular affirmations every single day, a lot of times during the day. And once you start believing that, I believe thoughts become things. So I really think that, you know, what you want, you will manifest. And, um, so that's a lot of how I re kind of re-identified with the person that I am, you know, whether it's being a wife or a stepmom or a, or a baby mom or corporate person. And, um, I really just started looking at my life holistically as what am I adding to this world? What kind of legacy am I leaving uh, as opposed to what job do I go Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, you know, you, you know, about making the comments about, you know, things that you're doing between the meditation and the affirmations and the thoughts and writing things down. I have a phrase that I kind of came up with on my own, uh, about two and a half years ago when my wife passed away is change your mindset, change your world. So true. You know, and, uh, I've seen other versions of it, but that's what popped in my head at the time. And so that's what I've, I've kind of hashtagged on social media, you know, and I did a, th- a podcast a few weeks ago about, what we feed our mind grows whether it's a positive thought or a negative thought it doesn't matter It yeah. grow it can fester because we can't help the thoughts that come into our mind but we can we can help our reactions we can help how we respond to it how long we fester on it you know whatever the case may be so when you're intentionally writing out an affirmation i'm a strong individual i'm a healed individual i am a healthy individual I'm good looking because it can go all sorts of different directions that people are dealing with. I am successful. I remember writing affirmations about a business that I was getting off the ground and I was struggling with in terms of clients. And so I just begin to walk into the building every day and I'm like, I started to envision and I started to say, I'm going to get three people signed up today. I'm going to get eight people signed up today. And if I didn't do it, it's okay. I just started again the next day. Yeah. You know,
1: that's exactly how affirmations work. You know, I'm, I'm in addition to affirmations. I do vision boards and um, I keep one in my office all the time and one in our bedroom. And they're, they're all kind of quadrants, you know, personal section and a professional section, retirement section I'm getting close to that. And um, financial section or love section. And Those just are visual reminders of your affirmations in my life, at least. And it it works so well, you know, to your point, like, like I am strong. You know, I have one of my other sticky notes says, I am tight and toned. Because when you have feeding tubes, there's nothing tight about you. You have holes all over. (laughs) And it's very hard when you're sick all the time to be exercising and to stay toned. But when you look at that every day, it inspires you. To do the exercise, whether it's walking one day or yoga the next day, whatever I can get done in a day, moving my body will move my mind.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now you hit on a, a good point earlier that, and it kind of, it, it, you know, when my wife passed away, I, I didn't, it's not like there's a, a book on how to grieve and how to move on in yeah. life. There, yeah. There's books out there on how people have done stuff, but there's, there's nothing for you specifically. No book was written for you unless you write it yourself, Yeah, you know? And I had never faced this before. Yeah, I had lost my dad 22, day, 22 days prior to my life. Okay. Oh, man. And everybody, I, I kept on getting people reach out to me. It's like, man, Joseph, you're always smiling. You're always so happy. How, why, why, how are you finding all this joy in your life in the midst of so much trauma and shame? Or not shame, but just the trauma and the grief and everything that, that yeah. came with it. And it, I kept on getting it, and about... 10 months. It was Thanksgiving time frame. It was about 10 and a half months after my wife passed and it came to me and, you know, you mentioned it and it's something that a friend of mine kept on telling me while my wife was going through all the chemotherapy is you got to create a schedule. You got to create a schedule. You got to create a schedule, you know, and when, when she passed away to begin with, it's just like, I didn't want to get out of bed. I was dealing with depression, even though I didn't want to admit it you know, yeah. because I'm like, I really don't know what depression is. I don't feel depressed. I just don't feel like doing anything. <laughs> and uh, nobody wants to admit that that's depressed you know, or be no. depressive, you know? And, but one thing that I had to create doing was, you know, I, I, I had four, I had four steps at the time is one was create dreams, goals, and visions. I had to create mm-hmm. that so I can start to see things so I can start to look at things. But the dreams, goals, and visions were not something a year down the road, three years down the road, five years down the road, 10 years down the road. I couldn't even think about five minutes from now, much less a year. Yeah. You know? So for me is I had to start. And and something you said is I had to start creating the schedule for me to start doing things. Yeah. So my dreams became the, 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 the schedule became the things that I was dreaming. Okay. But the dreams weren't again, something, Oh, I want to, you know, do this a year from now it was simply just, I need to get out of bed.
1: Yeah, the smallest things.
0: You know what it's like to be ridden. And you were forced to do it because of the disease and the surgeries. I just wasn't making the choice to not do it, you know? But regardless of the reason, I'm just like, well, I don't want to get out of bed. So, okay, what's simpler than that? Just sit up in bed, Mm -hmm. you know? Because for you being in a hospital bed, what, what's, what's, what's one of the first things that they start telling you for your recovery to get home? Oh, we got to see you get up out of the bed. We got to see you walk around. Yeah. yeah. You know, so everybody's like, man, I just want to get out of this place because I hate it. <laughs> so it's the motivation to be like, I got to get out of here. I got to start walking forward. floor. Help me, yeah. you know? And I started doing those things, but then became, um, okay, I sit up in bed and I put my feet on the floor. Then I get out of bed and I go to a couch and then I make a cup of coffee and that could have took me a week, could have took me two weeks to do a process, but then the dreams become bigger and bigger and bigger. But then it's just like, okay, I'm not just getting out of bed today. I need to get out of bed at eight o'clock in the morning instead of 12 o'clock in the afternoon. And when I begin to create the schedule, then I felt like my life was becoming ordered again.
1: I so get that. I, um, I have an amazing relative, my aunt who lives in Argentina and has stayed with us in two different stints for six months at a time to help me recover from surgeries. And she's the one that really helped me get on a schedule. So immediately before I even came out of my bedroom, I had already done meditation and yoga every morning. And then it's walking the dog, getting my coffee, getting sat down in my office. It just to your point. It's having that schedule, and then after you do it for a while, you really get used to it. But I'll tell you, um, recovering from the whipple, uh, which I had in December of 2016, took about 18 months. And for the first six months, I was in a wheelchair or bedridden, and had a number of drains coming out of me and wound back. It was a mess, and um, and so. Interestingly enough, how that impacts your world, because now I don't care what I'm doing. I will try and walk there. I will walk upstairs instead of elevators. I will walk as far as I can go because I had that taken away from me. So for me, getting out of that wheelchair was, you know, I have to walk from the bed to the bath today. The next week, it might be I have to walk from our bedroom to the kitchen. So it was very small steps. And then just like you mentioned, walking in the hospital, I would walk around our condo in like little laps to try and get stronger. Um, And then it was walking with someone else because I couldn't walk the dog yet and people were afraid I was going to fall still. So finding someone to go on walks with and slowly get back to things. But as you do that, you're so right, your goals change. And so um, at one point, in 2019, or sorry, 2020, during COVID, um, I signed up to do a 10K. And I thought, everyone was like, you have lost your mind. <laughs> now, this to be fair, but the 10K was over a one-month period, but I was recovering from a surgery where they removed my pancreas and transplanted it into my liver. So I was recovering from a pretty intense surgery. And I thought, this is what's going to motivate me to get my hiney out of bed every day and walk as far as I can walk. And so, um, so I tend to do that. I sign myself up for things that are completely unrealistic and use them as goals to kind of keep moving forward.
0: Wow, yeah. You know, and, and kind of going back, you know, you know when, when we have the goals and things like that, you know, a lot of people, I, I always kind of put the cart before the horse sometimes and try to write things down when I really haven't thought about them, you know, or dwelled on them. Yeah, we just had a a guest on here um, last week, and uh, Mr. Nelson uh, Beltajar, and he was dying of uh, he, at one week. He, this is what happened. He had built a physical therapy clinic. They were celebrating their success of the opening of a new building, things like that. You know the the, the accomplishments. 168 hours later. Okay, so it's roughly about eight days. I think he said is he is now bedridden fighting for his life with cancer and fluid leaking throughout his body. And he said, he got to a point that people said the only thing he was able to do was open up one eye. He couldn't move. He couldn't do anything for yeah, himself, yeah. but he said he laid there at some point in time. He said he laid there in bed and he envisioned Pac-Man, you know, the Pac-Man game eating up yeah, the little yeah. Uh, yeah. pebbles. And he, he envisioned the pebbles as uh, cancer and that, Pac-Man was just coming around and eating up all the cancer cells, you know, and yeah, that all I could do was envision that until my body started coming in alignment with what my mind was doing. Yeah. You know? And you know, the, the thing about it and those that are out there listening, you no, know, we all go through pain in life. Okay. Everybody goes through, may go through different types of pain. One person's pain is no worse than the other person because it all hurts. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I don't know what it's like to have 27 surgeries. I had nine in three and a half years and that was enough. (laughs) Uh, And there was orthopedic surgeries. I wasn't fighting for my life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But yet I watched and I I, I don't know what it's like to battle cancer because I never have. But yet my wife did. So I know a degree to it, but it's still painful.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. What
0: You know, and I've never gone around comparing my pain to somebody else's because pain is pain no matter what.
1: Yeah, I agree, I agree.
0: But we all have the ability to get through pain. Because I believe that pain is life's greatest teacher, but it can also be life's greatest crutch. Pain can get us stuck like glue, or it can launch us into our destiny.
1: And it's interesting, when you're finding pancreatic disease, that's just, that's one of the diseases I have that happens to be the most extreme in terms of how it impacts your life. And... Uh, but when you're fighting that, you're around everyone that's in pain in the pancreas community. I mean, pancreatic cancer and pancreatic disease is some of the most painful stuff you can ever go through. And so people tend to say, you know, I mean, how did you get through it? Well, sure. There were times when I was on like fentanyl and dilaudid and oxygen, I mean, really just kind of plowing through it with as much medicine as I could get. But at this point, I look at it and go, okay, well, well, the narcotics help. I just can't be my best self on them. So I choose to learn to live without the narcotics and deal with the pain. However, that does not mean I think anyone that's living with the narcotics is weaker than I am. They're simply different. They're just in a different stage. You know, I've been at that stage and I, I can't say that I may end up back there, but for now I've chosen to live without narcotics. And for those people that have pain pumps or reliance on narcotics, I get it. I really get it. Pain is something so difficult. It's very hard to find your way through.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And we're not even just talking about the physical pain, the spiritual pain, the mental pain, the emotional pain, going into psychological. I mean, it's just, you know, it's a rabbit trail, you know, and, uh, you know, but we all have the ability to get through it no matter who we are. Some people get through it by the meditation, by alternative medicine, okay? By spiritual, by putting out affirmations, you know, by thinking differently, by the exercise. You know, ultimately, no matter what you're going through in life, there is a way out. Now, the question is, is I may not know the way out for you because I can figure out my own way out for me. I can give you advice on how I did it, and what has worked for other people and the people that I've coached, you know, but it's finding something to your ultimately kind of goes back to changing the mindset, changing your world. Okay. Yes. If you want your outcome to change, you have to change your identity.
1: Absolutely. Okay?
0: Because Adriana, you could still sit here today and be like, woe is me. I can't get out of bed oh. because of X, Y, Z. Yeah. Everybody in the world can say that we just went through a major hurricane where I was driving down the street in certain areas and people were gutting their whole entire houses because they took on 12 feet of water. Yeah. Right? You have people in California that half the state is burning because of wildfires, you know, sure. and it's, it's painful. You've got people that they're in nations that have that are third world countries, you know, and they're are They don't know what internet is. They don't know what a cell phone is, you know, and, and we all experience things, but yet we all have the ability to find something to help us get through it.
1: You know? Yeah, I, I totally agree. One of the things I did that's really been helpful is I got very involved with the National Pancreas Foundation, NPF, and I started just by like going to events and you know hosting support groups. Then I joined the local board in my state. Then I went to the FDA meeting they had to help approve drugs for pancreatitis because there literally are no drugs for pancreatitis. And then I lobbied Congress and the Senate. And then I joined the national board. And now I sit on a task force so that more institutions and hospitals can become pancreatic treatment centers. But for me, it's in taking my experience and channeling it, funneling it into something that will make a difference for somebody else. You know, like if it, if it means one more person doesn't have to go through the pain and surgeries and procedures I have, it's worth it. And, you know, I can't say I haven't had days where I felt like, you know, why did this happen to me? But I have more days when I think if it wouldn't have happened to me, maybe it would have happened to someone who couldn't take it, you know, who isn't as strong mentally or physically and, and would have broken under it. And so... I just look at this as everyone has something in mind. Some people struggle with their finances. Some people struggle with relationships. Mine's my body and my health. That's that's what I was given in my baby basket. It was a messed up body. Some faulty organs. <laughs> and I just have to find my way through it.
0: And, and nobody to blame it on.
1: <laughs> yeah, No one to blame it on. And funny enough, no one in my family has any of the diseases I have. Not None of them. <laughs> I mean, it was... It, they, they looked up and down for hereditary genetic connections, nothing, which makes me very happy because I don't want my siblings or my nephews to have any of these diseases, but it would be nice to have an answer as to where this on from.
0: <laughs> Without a doubt. You know, it's, it's so neat that you say uh, what you said about, you know, you going through and, and, and doing the things that you did with the societies, with Congress, you know, you were ultimately helping other people. Okay. And. One of the things that I, you know, that I figured out when people kept on asking me, is like, why are you so happy? Why are you so happy? Is I began to figure out how to help other people. Yeah. We find somebody that's going through pain. It didn't matter if it was the death of a wife or a spouse or, you know, their father or mother. It was just people that were going through pain because me sharing or helping or coaching them brought joy to me that I'm able to help somebody. And, um, Simon Sinek, um, a TED Talk speaker. Um, he, he. I, I saw a clip a couple weeks ago, and he was on somebody's TV show, and I can't remember who it was. And he was being interviewed, and it it was only about a minute long. And he has a twelve step uh, process of like recovering, you know, from different things and stuff like that. And he said, the twelfth step is finding someone to help and helping them. This is if an alcoholic goes through steps one through 11 and doesn't do number 12 by helping somebody else, they'll always be an alcoholic. So true. Yeah.
1: That is a really great
0: point. There's ultimately, there's power in helping other people. And the, and not that I haven't, I, I haven't really like dug into the research on it. Like, you know, Googled, Hey, how does it, what's the benefits of helping other people? But ultimately, where does it shift our mindset from? It shifts, us, shifts it off of us, shifts it onto other people. Absolutely. And that's one thing that I didn't realize I was doing, but people are like, man, it's like, Joseph, I'm so sorry. You know, my, my, I, I, I lost my mom last year, but that doesn't fathom to what you did. I'm like, no, it, it's, it's not a competition. No, <laughs> no. Like, it, I just knew for me, I'm like, I know there's somebody out there that is going through the same thing or even worse situations. Yeah. Okay. You get, you get a young mother that their apartment complex burned down and she lost everything. And it's, she's a single mom. That's her whole world. Oh yeah. You know, I don't feel like I lost my whole world. I lost a part of it. And ironically, I mean, think about it. Okay. Okay. I I I lost my mom when I was twenty-seven and I I I really wished it was my dad because I didn't have a good relationship with my dad at the time. Okay. And then fast forward fourteen years, I lost my dad as and he was my best friend. Okay. So God did a lot of stuff in us over those fourteen years. Twenty-two days later, I lost my wife. And I'm like, Okay, God, I know there's a lot of people in this world, a couple billion, but um I don't know if anybody has the same exact story of me. Get this, get this. I got plugged into a new church that I go to now about a year ago, and I kept on hearing a story about a pastor that lost his wife to cancer. I'm like, oh man, I love to connect with him. And I started going to a men's group, and he was the leader of the group. And I was sharing my story, and he's like, man, he says, everything that you shared was pretty much identical to me. He lost his dad at a young age, lost his mom, 25 days prior to his wife. Wow. And I'm like, I don't know how that happened.
1: Yeah, that's so crazy.
0: And it it was, you know, and like, and he sat there and told me, he's like, Joseph, he says, out of all, because he was a pastor of the church, he says, we have tons of pastors. We have tons of help here. We have tons of therapists that can help people. He says, but not one person had the same story that was able to relate. Mm -hmm. And that's where we can get caught up sometimes. It's just like, okay, Adriana, it's like, how many people do you know that's had 27 surgeries, was a four-time entrepreneur, all these different diseases? But the thing is, is like, we are not the only ones going through it. We're not. It may not be the identical story. There are still people going through stuff that we, and when we believe the concept of nobody else is going through what I've gone through or trying to put it on the same scale, so to say, okay, it's like, Okay, yeah. rate your scale, one to 10. Well, well, Doc, I live with pain, so 10 doesn't mean a thing to me. No. It, it may be... That
1: old one to yeah. 10 smiley chart. Is, yeah. no. I live on an
0: 11, so... I'm like, I, I've seen the smiley faces, then I've also seen 10 is like, you pass out. I'm like, yeah, yeah. 10 is like breakfast for me. I, I'm like at 25. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, you know, but we're not putting pain on a scale here, you know, but ultimately when we realize because we can beat ourselves up with the fact of nobody else is going through what I'm going through. Yeah. And it's absolutely impossible to to believe that that's not true or to believe it's true. I'm sorry. You know, out of the 1.7 billion people in the world. Okay. We're all going through pain. And when we can actually look at it that way, then we can actually find other people to help.
1: That's so true. I mean, finding those, parallels with other people's stories. And that commonality is so important. And it's interesting because that's one of the reasons I share my story is because people are like, there's just no way someone else is dealing with all of this. I'm like, oh yeah, raise my hand. I sure am.
0: We connected on the Facebook group about that. I'm just like, oh my goodness. I'm like, the, f- the fact that you're taking everything that you've gone through and you're now thriving, you know, or working towards that thriving, because it's a yeah. process without yeah. a doubt. I'm like, that's a woman that's found it's finding and has found her purpose through pain. I'm like, I gotta have her on the show. <laughs>
1: Thank you. I uh, I appreciate that.
0: No, absolutely. So where are you at now in terms of you know the entrepreneurial life, but yet mm-hmm. still having the surgeries and you, you know uh, you're married. How does that? How are you able to thrive? How are you able to do the things that you're you were able to do before or? Where, where's life at right now currently for you?
1: So um, I am done with radical surgeries. So there's only two radical surgeries you can have when you have pancreatic disease. They're called the Whipple. And the second one is the TPAIT or total pancreatectomy auto islet transplant. Very rarely do you find someone that's had both. I have um, and recovered from them, lived through them, which is always the first question because Some people do not live through them. Um, But I'm coming up on my five-year anniversary of the ripple. That's about, the statistics are about 25% of people at the five-year survival rate will still be alive. So I feel like I'm kind of living on borrowed time and I'm kind of just blessed at this point that I'm passing my five-year anniversary. Um, And then I had the most radical surgery, the TPAIT in 2019. So that just layers on more complexity. But I feel like, I'm just blessed with every day I'm given and I have so much to be grateful for. I have a stepdaughter that's now in college. So I get to be a college parent and go to family weekend this weekend. And, um, you know, I have a fur baby and he's turned 13 and he's perfectly healthy and doing great. My husband's in great health and I love working. And so, um, whether it's leading decap digital, my social media agency, Or I also coach women entrepreneurs and executives to kind of live their best life. I'm really happy with where my life is. And I just appreciate every day. Because when you live with the diseases I have, you don't know if you're going to, really, if you're going to wake up the next day. And if you do, how it's going to be. So you just have to appreciate the little things in life and not take moments for granted.
0: Absolutely. 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 I'm going to, if you'll let me, if you're okay with this, I, I'm. I'm going to do something that that I don't know where your faith stands at, okay. and, but you made a comment that you're on borrowed time, and, I'm going to speak something differently over you because I don't believe that you're on borrowed time. You're on God's time. I'm very sure. Okay, and I understand the concept, and, and but. I want to tell you this, and I just felt it in my spirit, and because this has happened to me, this is the second time it's happened to me, and you're the second person to uses the same exact phrase, okay? But the Word of God says in Jeremiah, it says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart, and I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. God knew the day that you were born, and he knows the days that you're going to go home. So you're not on borrowed time at all.
1: <laughs> That's a really good perspective.
0: Your life is predestined Thank you I just want to uh, y'all for that have been listening to I don't normally do this on the shows, but you know when I feel I'm, I'm going to do it, but you know you're, you're more than just on borrowed time. you know God has a plan and a purpose for you in, in, in your life here on earth, and that's why you're still here you know there's mm-hmm. a reason you know, we may not ever understand it. I may not ever understand it. You may not ever understand it. May not ever, may never come to pass. I, I, I don't know, okay? But I truly believe that God has a plan and a purpose for you in, his, in your life, you know? And he's simply using this right here to launch you into your destiny.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with you. Our,
0: our destiny is more than just doing things for ourselves. It's more than
1: oh, yeah.
0: It's more than just helping people out. But it's ultimately, we're here to influence. We're here to impact. We're here to teach. We're here to love. We're here to, to share, you know, and uh, I know for me, and I know this for you just by sitting here talking to you, if you have gone through everything you've gone through and know that you learned or learned that you knew you helped one person, I know you would say it's all worth it.
1: Absolutely. Hands down, no questions asked. If it helped one person, it's all worth it.
0: Yeah. So I just, wanna, I just wanted to share that with you that you're not on borrowed time, Adriana. You're not at all. You're Thank on God's you. time. And God has a plan and a purpose for your life and for, and, and for your healing.
1: Yeah, I fully agree with you on that. I think that everyone's life has kind of got a script that's been written for them. And it's you know just different times when that script comes up. It's interesting because we just passed the um, anniversary of September 11, and I'm always reminded that someone who was running late that morning because maybe they, they had to pack the kids' lunches or they forgot to find a permission slip or they missed their train is still alive because of that. And so I tend to think that everything happens for a reason in life, and you may not know the reason right away, but it will present itself. And you have to look at whatever's going on, especially when you're in a frustrating situation and say, I'm meant to be here right now, right in this place with these people for some reason. And I really believe that. And so whatever the reason is that I have all these diseases and all these struggles, whether it helps one person or whether them hearing my story makes them think, you know what, I can get through what I'm going through because she's going through something too, then that's all worth it.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So you also, so you own a digital marketing company. We're going to kind of switch gears here, a digital marketing company. Mm -hmm. And, but you're also helping and coaching women. Yeah. Talk to us about that. How are you, what are you doing right now to where people in your situation or even maybe they just need help in life? Explain to me about what's going on with that.
1: Yeah. So I've actually coached people for the last 18 years. Took my coaching curriculum at Harvard Business School. So I do know what I'm doing. I'm not just kind of like hanging a life coach sign out and co founded the International Association for Coaches, the Chicago chapter. That has been, I think that was like 10 years ago that I did that. And um, so, so I've got about, I've had about 6,500 coaching clients across five continents. And I really zoned in on helping women in the past mm, 10 to 12 months uh, just because I, think that some of the things I experience are more female related. But what I really work on with people is how to persevere in starting their own businesses or amplifying the success they're having in their business while also balancing out the rest of their life. So a lot of my clients are women executives, women entrepreneurs that have kids and husbands and all kinds of life going on. And Really need to find strategies for how do they manage all of that, and how are they happy through all of it? Not just managing it, but like that surviving with thriving. How do you really find happiness and success in your life? So whether it's an entrepreneur, um, I have a great entrepreneur whose her business was like very very new when we started working together, and she's quadrupled her income and her client base, and is so happy. But at the same time, we also have added to her team. So she didn't just go down this rabbit hole of working 100 hours a week as the only way to make money. And then I have other clients that are in corporate America still, and I can relate to them very well because I've sat in those chairs. I know those challenges, and I help them with balancing their life out. Sometimes I help them with business plans too, (laughs) just kind of what they need. Um, but I think one of the most unique things I do is my clients are on a, a monthly retainer and they have access to me all the time. So they have my phone number to text me whenever they want. doesn't matter what day of the week. I prefer 6 a.m. to 10 p.m., but we don't always follow that. Um, and they can Facebook message me and they can email me as much as they want. And I have some clients that take great advantage of that. And other clients are like, no, I just need to touch base with you a couple times a month. So I really try to make sure that my client doesn't feel like they can't talk to me because it's going to cost them money, but where they feel like I'm really a member of their support system, a member of their team and cheering them on.
0: Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So when you're when you're coaching and things like that, what have you, has it been more just people going through things in terms of trauma and grief or stuff like that, or kind of, are they at a st- a sticking point in their life, where things have set them back, but yet they're still trying to move forward. What 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 do you see? To, to, to tend to see more of.
1: I see mostly people that are in transition. So a lot of my corporate clients are transitioning or wanting to transition to a new job, and so they need help with branding themselves, finding those new roles, interviewing salary negotiations, contract negotiations, all of the kind of nuts and bolts of transitioning in your career. And then the transitional the entrepreneurial side is really a lot of them is transitioning from a solopreneur to a business owner. So going from doing anything and everything they can on their own to really building up a support system around them and helping them build a plan that's going to make their business succeed, even if they take a vacation, for goodness sake. <laughs> or they need to take a day off to be with their kids, a mental health day, that their business isn't going to falter and neither is the revenue.
0: Yeah. That's awesome.
1: But it's all really transition focused.
0: Yeah. No, that's, that's neat. That's interesting. Any upcoming plans that you haven't announced yet or any, any exciting news uh, that's, that's coming about?
1: So I'm working on a third business now. Um, which is going to be an online course business all around social media. I get tons of questions from people about how they can do social media on their own. And so I'm going to build a social media course, a social media master's course. That's launched. No one knows that. You're the first to know that. That launches in October.
0: Oh, sweet. And it's going to be self-paced. Is it going to be?
1: It'll be self-paced. I'm going to put out a free course first called social savvy in under an hour kind of touches on everything and then the course will be modules everything from like which social media network is the best for what type of business to when to post what to post what to do if you're not you know creatively inclined how to do creative for for social paid ads campaign ideas strategies um and I think I've got about 10 different bonus pieces of content that really gets them launched. So it's not just, you know, kind of listen to some experts talk for an hour or three hours or six hours in in increments, but it's also, how do you actually take that and implement that?
0: Now, is that just for like business related uh, people using social media? Or is that for anybody just wants to grow their own platform?
1: Anyone that wants to grow their own platform. So if they have, let's say they have a coaching business or, they have a, a chiropractic business. Doesn't really matter. It's cross-platform. It's cross-industry.
0: Sweet, sweet. I'm always diving into stuff like that. And yeah. So that's, that's, that's interesting. I, I love that. I love that, uh, you know, it's easy for anybody to become a victim of their own demise. Yeah. You know, it's easy to become a victim of life circumstances. I've said it, and I'll say it again, and I'll say it a thousand more times on different shows. You know, we all have the ability to take what we've gone through and change. You know, changing the outcome, changing the identity, changing our circumstances. We may not be able to change what exactly happened to us, but we can definitely keep. We can definitely rewrite our future by not allowing those things to make or or, or create our new identity, so to say. It's, it's, it's encouraging to know that when I, when I read the bio and I'm like 27 surgeries, I'm like, what, what are you trying to win?
1: <laughs>
0: Competition. Yeah. You've taken that right there because here's the thing about a support system. Okay. I had a really good support system as well, but the support system can go two ways. Support system can support you whether you lay around support system can support you if you're getting up and doing something you've got to make sure that you've got that support system that you're having that clear defined goals of saying you know what when you see me laying around doing nothing I may just
1: need a little push you know it's funny because um, my family my brother and my mom and sister are firm believers that I should be fully retired they think that spending my time working is a waste of my life that I should be just living every day to the fullest, and I'm like, what you don't understand is I am living every day to the fullest. I love what I do, and it makes me feel good, and it's not hurting me. You know, they feel like the stress of running a couple of businesses outweighs the the positives. I'm like, no, it doesn't. Not for me, it doesn't. So on my tough days, they're probably who I call to say, oh, I'm just not, not doing well today. But my husband and my aunt are the ones that are like in the pants, like, all right, we'll sleep in for an extra half hour and then get up and go to your meetings, <laughs> get a move on. And so it, I think that uh, to your point, you can have very different support systems and you have to do a good job identifying which ones you need when.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and it's not just, you know, it's great to have those people. Sometimes you got to go out and find them.
1: Oh Yeah. I lost a lot of friends when I got really sick five years ago. People don't know how to talk to sick people. They think they're going to catch something. I'm like, you cannot catch my disease. <laughs> um, they think I had people start talking to me like I was stupid. I was like, I mean, I did. I also have a brain disease that doesn't affect my mental capacity. <laughs> they just, a lot of people get very uncomfortable around sick people. And so, that's probably one of the hardest things is having lost a lot of long-term friends because they just didn't know how to relate to me anymore yeah yeah
0: and the thing is is they don't have to try to relate no it's just saying you know what i respect your decisions
1: yeah exactly
0: i don't even have to understand what you're going through okay because at the end of the day i can't right right i i I can't understand i can understand nine surgeries I haven't been through more than nine you know, or a yeah. period of time. I've been through 14 total, but still, you know, and people think that they have to understand everything that we're going through. And if not, they just completely detach from us or disassociate <laughs> from us when I don't need you to understand it. I just need you to respect. I need, I need your, Hey, when you see me down, cause if you're my friend and you know me, then, Hey, you know when I'm down and I need a good push. Yeah. And you know, when I'm, I'm on top of the world, Hey, keep going. I'm so glad you're there. Yeah. You know, and uh, and that can be a hard thing for a lot of people, because uh, believe it or not, a lot of people just don't have the solid support system that they think they have around them or that they truly want around them. You know,
1: that's so true.
0: And people that grow up in the, in the negativity and, and things like that. I, I, you know, I have friends now. It's just like, can't go to mom, can't go to dad, brother to, you know, sisters and brother aren't aren't thinking the same way. I started my own business. I'm just like, my two sisters aren't entrepreneurs, you know? So I can't necessarily talk entrepreneurial stuff to them. Right. There's a different story. I can talk about being a pilot to him. I can talk about being a business owner to him. I can talk about guy things to him, you know, <laughs> but yet I don't talk to my brother about shooting guns and things like that because he's not a, you know, he doesn't do that. Yeah. Um, but I can't talk to him about being in the Marine Corps because he never was, you know, so I, I, I end up talking to my dad or my brother-in-law about that, you know? So finding a support system, but finding the right selective support system that's going to help you on your bad days, but also encourage you on your good days, you know, and allow you to make decisions like, oh, okay, you want to stay in bed? Fine, stay in bed. It's okay. It's okay. okay, okay. We'll, we'll, we'll get it tomorrow. Yeah. I- yeah. I'll be there to help you tomorrow, you know? But, so true. Um, so... But Adriana, what is the best way for people to be able to reach out if they're interested in the coaching, if they're interested in hearing more about your story, you know, because it is very powerful. If they feel stuck in life, what is the best way to, for them to reach out to you?
1: So I have a website, AdrianaCowden.com. You can go to the website. You can always email me, ac at AdrianaCowden.com. Or you can find me on LinkedIn under Cowden. Awesome.
0: AC, the letter AC at um, Adrianas, A-D-R-I-A-N-A, Cowden, dot com. Thank you. Those that need to write it down if you are, happen to be driving while you're listening. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm truly honored. I can't wait till your social media course comes out because I will probably dive into that because I love, enjoy uh, learning new things. And because things are constantly changing and I can't keep up with it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's one of the things about social media. Once you put a course out, it's, it's completely out of date within two days.
0: It's <laughs> dated already. Yeah, um, so, but um, I'm praying for you, you know, you. and I, I pray that God just completely does a miraculous healing in your body, you know, and um, don't give up. Don't give up no matter what you're still going through keep on inspiring people um, keep on being there for people and um, just I thank you again
1: thank you so much this was really my honor and pleasure and I like you said before I hope it touches at least one person
0: thank you for listening to the purpose through pain podcast if you enjoyed the show please take a moment to share with a friend and leave a five-star review on iTunes and don't forget to subscribe through your favorite podcast host so you won't miss a single episode You're
1: one step closer to finding true freedom and breakthrough.